The first reading today is from 1 Kings, the third chapter. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on your throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life, or riches, or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall rise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Then he came to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings and made a feast for all his servants. This is the word of the Lord. The psalmody for today is from Psalm 119. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. I have more understanding than my, all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to the, my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. The second reading is from Ephesians, the first chapter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, 
to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were, with, who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. The gospel lesson today is from the gospel book of St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and in the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also. So that... Thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up on that very hour, she began to give thanks to God 
and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew, became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. When he was twelve years old, they went up according to the custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. This is the gospel of our Lord. Some of you may have heard the statement that an apple does not fall far from the tree. In nature, that's true. Gravity pulls the ripe fruits from the tree branches toward the earth. Apples fall towards the ground directly beneath the tree that birthed them. Historically, we use that statement when talking about the behavior of children as well. It is true that children can physically resemble their parents, and in some cases, maybe even their grandparents, but there's more than just physical resemblance. In the child, there are reflections of the family's morality, the family's ethic, of their daily life, and of their faith. We can see this when we see the young ones. Does a child speak respectfully to the adult saying Mr. or Mrs.? Does the young person answer someone that is their senior saying yes, sir, or yes, ma'am? Does a, does a young one sacrifice their comfort or convenience when they see someone in need? Do they, do they notice people in times of need? Maybe an older person or just someone who maybe has too much to carry and do they just set aside what they're doing at the moment and just go to help them? Does a child look, look down upon a certain category of people or does the child genuinely respect people regardless of differences? Does a child consider the sanctuary space, holy space, and a place of God? 
a blessed and consecrated place of prayer, worship, and thanksgiving? Or does a child run in a sanctuary? Do they eat and drink in the sanctuary like they're in a movie theater? That goes for adults. Is worshiping God and serving God's family a, a have to, a want to, or we get to? And are the sacraments in the Bible treasured gifts? Will a child take more food than needed and then just throw it into the trash when they're disinterested? Do they pick up after themselves or expect someone else to do it for them? Do they say please? Do they say thank you? These are all reflections of the family, of the family's morality, of their life ethics, of their daily life, of their faith. The things we teach may not always be related to the, the instructive words that we give, rather about the things that they witness us do as the adults in their world. Our family traditions, our, our community traditions, our core Christian values, our Christian faith, all of these are passed on from one generation to the next. It means it's true that an apple does not fall far from a tree. Now, with all of those things stirring in our minds, we'll look at a subtle yet very powerful example that we've been given in this blessed family, the Holy Family. When we read the Bible lesson today, we could see that Joseph and Mary were devout Jews. They knew the law of God. They knew the ways of God. And they strove to honor the law and ways of God as they were taught by their parents, by their community, by the priests and elders. Moreover, they raised their son within this culture, within this religious context, this moral code and ethical system as being God's people. In Luke 2, verse 21, it says, Eight days after Jesus' birth, he is circumcised. Verse 22, and on, it says, five times, it will say this, in the account about the purification of Mary, the presentation of Jesus in the temple, we are told five times that his parents were acting, quote, according to the law of Moses. Every year, we had in verse 41, every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And we might think that that's a small thing, like us getting in our car and just driving across town in the comfort and the convenience and safety of our car. But it was not so for them. That statement that every year they went to the Passover was a powerful statement of being faithful and showing faithfulness transmitted to the next generation because they took Jesus with them every time. If you walk at a pace of 15 miles a day, and I don't know when was the last time that any of you have walked 15 miles in a day over a variety of train. If you've not done so for a while, it's tiring. But this, anybody in, from their town traveling to Jerusalem, walking 15 miles a day, would have taken four to five consecutive days to arrive there. Travel for them was uncomfortable. It was exhausting. And especially if they were carrying children. And especially if they were carrying and assisting elderly. Four to five days 
of considerable expense and considerable effort so that they could rightfully give God thanks and praise for all of his goodness, his provisions, and his awesome love. They did this every year. And as we read this book of Luke, we'll see that Luke is stressing for us, the church, the fact that Mary and Joseph are devout Jews. Luke is stressing for all of the church to remember and to celebrate and to follow that this Mary and Joseph were raising their son in a faithful and pious household. We know that Jesus grew up with parents who made it a habit of obeying God's law, made it a life habit of displaying faithfulness to God. And we know that Jesus grew up exposed to Holy Scriptures and that he learned the meaning of Holy Scriptures from a few Bible verses in Luke chapter 2. We can see that young Jesus was learning faith. That Jesus, young Jesus, was practicing his family's godly morality and ethics. That Jesus was establishing healthy life habits that were entrusted to him by his family. Those customs and habits are echoed later in his life. Luke chapter 22, it says, It was his custom to go to the Mount of Olives to pray. Friends, it was Jesus' custom to pray. We read throughout the scriptures that he prayed. He would always find quiet places to dedicate himself in prayer, this holy communion with his father. Jesus prayed, and he learned that from his family. Chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Jesus went to the synagogue on the Sabbath, and it says again, as was his custom. There was no place that Jesus would be on a Sabbath other than in the synagogue, reading God's word and hearing it and teaching and participating in the worship and the communion with his heavenly father. He learned that in his family. Luke chapter 2, verse 49, he said, we heard it today. Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? The synagogue and the sacred places, he learned that they were holy places. They were the places of God's communion with us. And he must be in his father's house. He learned that. He knew that. He lived that. This is the first Sunday of this year, 2021. This is a good day in light of a new year to begin and to ponder again upon the Christian faith that we are living. To ponder upon our Christ-like morality, the ethics that we are living and the ethics that we are presenting and handing down to the next generation. It's a good day to consider God-inspired customs and habits that we are living and entrusting to the world around us. With these things in mind, and the Holy Family in mind, specifically this year, Will we be simple like the Holy Family and faithful? Will we place the worship of God on the Sabbath in church a priority? Because that's what the Holy Family did. 
even traveling once a year, 10 days by foot, 15 miles each day, so they could give God thanks and praise. Will we make a private, will we make prayer time of utmost importance? Will we make the reading of Holy Scriptures and the learning and teaching of God's story a priority? Will, will obedience and gratitude to God be taught by personal example? People of Emmanuel Lutheran Church and all of our Christian friends, simply put is this, can the world, can they see us striving to love our Heavenly Father with our heart, soul, mind, and strength? Can they see it? in how we live, in how we speak, how we conduct our lives? And can they see us striving to love people, the people around us, as we love ourselves? When they watch us this year, when they watch the Christians this year, will they see us loving each other? This is a great day to be inspired by the Holy Family to prayerfully dream again God's dreams, to invite the angels to whisper in our ears the plans and the dreams that God has for us. It's a good time and a good season for us to, to organize and to prepare to be organized to do God's holy will on being the holy family for the next generation. God help us to be that church. Amen. Let us declare our faith. We will use the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus. Father, we pray for your church, that the light of the gospel of salvation will be proclaimed here and everywhere that the wisdom of God be honored and followed, that the gifts of God be treasured and shared. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As this new year begins, we pray for our nation and for all the peoples of the world. We ask that there would be an end to hostilities, that there be a remedy to the viruses, that there be healing from the fear and anxiety and greed. We pray that times of Christ-like faithfulness and holiness will everywhere prevail. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our families and our neighbors. Guided by the Holy Spirit, Lord, help us to choose wisely how we invest our time in the coming weeks. Lord, help us to find in our associations with God's people a source of mutual support and blessing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for the people who are experiencing difficulty, loneliness, and or pain. We ask that you'd be their guide and that you would comfort them. Lord, we pray for the sick and the hospitalized, 
and those that are recovering from tests and procedures, Lord, that you would be their strength and healing. Lord, we pray for those whose lives are in transition. We pray for the unemployed and the underemployed, for those who are downcast or grieving. Lord, we pray for all whose names we put before you in our hearts. Lord, a special prayer for Kelly Music's family as they mourn the passing of her stepfather. Into your hands, O oh Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. We will trust in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us a day of daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin on Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the King.